2: And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 13th, episode 2972, brought to you by State Line Tech. Good morning, horse world.
3: Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning.
0: Well, in this month's Horses in History, we're going to learn about one of the greatest war horses of all time. And in the Daily Dose Health segment, Dr. Hodge explains EHV-5. And do we have any weird news? We even... Um,
2: we do have weird okay. news. I was just about to ask you, are we doing weird yeah, well, news? Yeah,
0: yeah. So if we have weird news, we'll do weird news. Oh, we have it. <laughs> okay, we yeah. have it. And we're going to do a new segment in the post show for the auditors. Uh, I'm going to do what I'm calling random Reddit. So there's this page on Reddit where people go in and ask random questions. And Jamie and I are going to answer their questions. Oh, and God. Le- let me tell you what. It's random. So, (laughs) Do you know what's happening right now? The thing I've been talking about for 12 years of doing this show. What's the one place that's on my bucket list that I've never gotten to?
2: I'm going to go with the Calgary Stampede. You are correct.
0: And Jamie's so sick of hearing about the Calgary Stampede because I talk about it every year. And every year I say, next year, I'm going to go to the Calgary Stampede. Now, this is held in Canada. And Let's just say it's big. So it's going on right now. It happens over 10 days. And they have all kinds of horsey stuff. Um, they're known for the chuckwagon races, which I'll talk a little bit about here in a second. But uh, they they had one year of no stampede with covid and it was very restricted last year. I don't know if they couldn't even have spectators or whatever. But so this was their first year back and it's hot by the way. In Canada up there and they're pretty north, it's almost 90 degrees. So for them they're roasting up there. <laughs> um they up until Sunday had a, had 436,000 visitors breaking some daily records. And on Sunday Almost 165,000 people passed through the gates in one day. That's That's crazy. That's a lot.
2: That's a long line, is what I hear.
0: (laughs) Well, apparently, there were a lot of long lines for food and things. It was crowded. They serve in the 10 days of the Calgary Stampede. They'll serve 2 million mini donuts. Apparently they're a thing at the Stampede. Uh, 125,000 hot dogs, 75,000 hamburgers. More than 7,000 animals are at the Stampede, including 600 chuck wagon horses, but they have all kinds of horse events all, all during the 10 days. Um, and the show generates $345 million in economic benefit for Alberta to Canada Good in Lord. 10 days. <laughs> so it would be a spectacle to see. I still want to go see it sometime. So one of these days, one of these years, I'll get up there to Canada to see the, where do all those people stay? There can't be that many hotels.
2: I mean, it's Calgary. There was like an Olympics there. So there has to be some something. And I'm
0: sure a lot people. of locals, and when I mean local, in Canada, in that part of Canada, you're driving from eight hours, you're local, right? So... Kind of like Texas that way. But yeah, so there you go. It's going on right now. Now, the chuck wagon races have been very, very controversial over the years because they've lost horses in the chuck wagon races. So apparently this year... I, I read about it a little bit. They've changed the rules and how they're doing the races to try and have less injuries. They're putting less chuck wagons in at a time and, and apparently did other rules that I didn't understand. So we'll see how it goes. But they were getting a lot of crap from PETA and stuff about the chuck wagon races. They're very fun to watch, but I can see how they would be dangerous. It's kind of like watching Ben Hur, you know, and the mm-hmm. chariot scene. The chuck wagon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With phonies pulling it about 80 miles an hour around turns. So we'll see how that goes We'll keep an eye on that and and, uh, check it out. But if if anybody's been there, let me know. Uh, I'd like to talk to you. So if you've been there, drop me an email at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to hear from you. All right, daily Winnie time. It's unusual to only have one auditor birthday today, but that's correct. And Linda is the hot spotlight today. Linda Schwab is her birthday. Happy birthday to Linda. And now it's your turn.
2: Oh, the familiar sounds of a baby whinnying. I would like to formally announce that I have now named the filly who was born by my broodmare. About five, six weeks ago, and uh, actually, I guess about eight weeks ago, but she finally has a name, Glenn. I've been calling her the Philly because my thing is I don't want to get really attached to her and I don't really want to like, you know, love her because I'm purpose breeding a perfect horse this is a horse, th- this filly is going to be so incredibly nice. My vet saw her yesterday and was like, this is nice, the nicest horse you've ever had. Well, she's had a had. lot of ex-
0: travel experience right now, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: she's she's amazing, and she's beautiful, and I thought, she needs a name. So she officially is named Effie. She is named Effie. and effing uh, horse? N- that name came about um, <laughs> because um, I've been calling her filly. That's just, she's Philly. Now, for those who don't know, I really have been trying to get a black colt. First one came out of red Philly. Second one came out of bay colt. Third one, black Philly. And I've been really trying to get a black colt. And I've bred to black stallions, and it hasn't happened. And But they're like super quality horses. One of our listeners has one. I mean, they're amazing horses. This mare, the mare, pink that I have is amazing. And so I named her... Um, when we get to the vet, she's like, "Okay, I need a name for the record." I'm like, "I think her register name is going to be Divine Empire." Well, okay, a really great,
0: cool name.
2: Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she needs the, the Devonair is the sire. He's a phenomenal seventeen two hand. Hanoverian stallion like he's amazing right and so you know with the power of the male and collection you can breed to just about anybody <laughs> so she comes she's this amazing beautiful filly and and she's like well I need to put a barn name down and I'm like well I call her Philly." and she's like we you're gonna have my vet is my friend and she's like you're gonna need a bar name so I was like okay let me let me let me vacillate on it so I went back and what I was in the stall and she did something, and I was like, oh, effing Philly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I was right.
2: <laughs> you were right. <laughs> she is now named Effie. And um, most people go, wow, like Hunger Games, or wow, you named her after the girl and Dream Girls. Yeah, sure, Okay. No, I literally <laughs> Just say call yes her to all of those.
0: When they I ask. do. I go yes,
2: exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. Like I had to tell Lucas. I'm like, we watch Hunger Games because I named my I baby after. I forgot about
0: Effie that. and Hunger Hunger Games. Yeah,
2: yeah, she's the super you know colorful yeah. one. Um. So anyway, her name is now Effie. Now, second daily Winnie goes out to Pink. So we have Effie and we have Pink, and. Pink is now 21 years old and she's had a lot of babies and she could potentially retire, but she literally has no job and she loves being a mom. So I decided, okay, I'm just going to breed her one more time. Why not? Why don't we just try this again? The vet cleared her. She's totally fine. Everything looks good. So let's breed her again. So instead of, spending $10 billion and the magic of the mail to, uh, per buy some ridiculous stallion in Northern California. Like the last two that I've bred to are both in Northern California and the last one's collection fees and shipping and all that. Oh dear God. It was, I mean, like I am, I, uh, this is an expensive baby. So, I decided to breed to, do you know my friend Larissa Glenn, who I've talked about and on you, the show before? found a quarter
0: horse down the street and just <laughs> turned Larissa, them out together?
2: <laughs> no, Larissa breeds Andalusians, uh. and she has a very fancy black Andalusian stallion named Luna Eclipse. And so I decided to, you know, actually, right now in sport, it's very popular random to have Oldenburg Illusion crosses. They're very amateur friendly. They're very easy to do, and they can kind of do a little bit of everything.
0: And they're probably not enormous.
2: And and they're probably not enormous, yeah. although her stallion is 17-1. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. So I decided to breed her to this beautiful homozygous black Andalusian, and as of yesterday, my mare, Pink, was pronounced pretty. So we're doing it all again, now, people. Now
0: th- you, you had tr- she had trouble giving birth though. That wasn't an issue that recurs, or just a fluke.
2: No, no. So basically, the reason she had the trouble was the baby was coming out sideways. Oh. That has nothing it was to do the with the baby's her. fault. It was the effing <laughs> Billy. I'm telling you. It's a perfect name. Her name is Effie. Everything like she has a small little scrape on her leg and it's like a million dollars. And then she's going to be born sideways and it's like a million dollars. And then the collection (laughs) fee, I have to do it twice because it didn't take the first time. And it's a million dollars. So I'm like, I'm going to go with the stallion who's up the street and they collect him and they put it in the box and they drove it to my vet clinic and they put it in. And I'm like. Well, this is easy. I like the, I don't have to go to the airport and pick up a box on the counter and anybody who is bred knows what I'm talking about like it is a time sensitive critical mass communication effort done but and and, and if things go wrong which is what that happened the first time last time you take the bath not the airline. You can't go to the airline and be like, hi, you didn't call me immediately. No, they just, they're just airline employees, you know, that call that get boxes and they don't understand that there's time sensitive shipment in this box. You know, they don't know what's in the box. Anyway, point is they collected the stallion, put it in the car, drove it to me, well, to my vet and put it in and she's pregnant. Yay. So, um, I, I mean, it's super early and anything can happen. My marriage is 21 years old and things happen, but for the most part, we're going to do it again. And uh, this will be, are you, write this down. Okay. Do you have a pen? Yeah. This will be the last time. Last.
0: <laughs> I'm going to put this in the book of Jamie. Um. <laughs> this
2: will be the last time.
0: <laughs> Let me I get do out this. the book of Jamie, all the things she's declared in the past. Mm-hmm. I right wish down. I had written these down over 12 years, we could publish it.
2: <laughs> Things Jamie says that she doesn't really you know. Need. That'll never happen. I mean, this one. <laughs> this is it. I'm never doing this again. Now, the good news is he's homozygous, so I can't have a chestnut, which I don't really care. But at this point, I just really want a black colt. Does but that at mean this you point, have a
0: better chance of getting a black one?
2: Yes. Okay. It takes the whole chestnut thing out of it. I, I mean, I'm no, like, you know, there's probably people listening that are genetic, you know, color experts and if you want to message me and let me know what that means great all i know is i can't have a can't have a chestnut and i don't think i can have a gray and that's what's funny is effie the vet looked at her and was like, is she going to be gray? And I was like, shut your mouth. <laughs> she can't be gray.
0: And with She's, Effie's luck, by the time you go to sell Effie in a couple of years, the market's going to have crashed and she'll be worth $1,000.
2: I am. She is for sale now if anybody wants <laughs> yeah, a ridiculously the market nice crashes. billy. <laughs> I mean, no, I, you know, the, the thing about breeding and selling, which I, I've come to learn is that when they're babies, they're, Say say you have a a baby that comes out and it's worth $10,000. So if you sell it try to sell it at, at a year old, it's somehow magically worth like 5,000. Exactly. And then at 2 year old it's like worth 7,000 <laughs> and right. then 3 it's only worth ten if it's been started if and trained something. and bathed yeah. and done something. So um, she's for, for sale right now, now for
0: hundred grand. Um, yeah, that's what 10. Jamie has into this baby. I so. have,
2: I have ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I put in yesterday, so like we're looking at about ten million. Is her? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so I do. I yeah, I've taken a, a serious bath, but she's going to be really worth all of the things because she is very. Very fancy, but again, here, there's a and and you know when they Floaty ultrasound,
0: trot. Trot. Oh God,
2: yeah. Oh God, she's so not. I like. I'll, I'll get a video as soon as I can, but like it's ridiculous. Again, I she has a bandage on her leg because she has a little scrape, and of course, little scrape on a baby. You can't be like, hey, come over here and let me hose your leg off. Let me do all the things. So they have to keep a bandage on it. And I'm just not going to post a video with the bandage on a horse's leg because I'll get somehow. I'm a terrible person, yes. you know, who's doing something terrible. Uh, you
0: don't look after your horses.
2: And- I, I don't. I'm putting weights on their leg. What is it? The fly boots are weights? <laughs> yeah. And I blindfold them with fly masks. You know, like all the terrible things that we do to our horses that people driving by comment on. Multiply that by ten million when you post something on social media,
0: and it's like a baby.
2: I, yeah, and it's a baby. <laughs> yeah. I, for an example, I posted my first. You shouldn't be
0: breeding either, Jamie.
2: I know only but you guys remember breed the best of the best to get the best that's the thing um and this is an unbelievable my vet was like she's so nice and i'm like i don't deserve a horse this nice i'm not going to utilize her skills i just want a horse that i can take to lower level events and like trot around <laughs> on and play on and ride bareback in the pasture with a neck rope like that's what i'm trying to get and so this is like this is a filly that should go do something, you know, like she's so nice. So, but just just uh remember I told you on Monday that I cantered my andalusian for the first time, my yes, baby yes, andalusian three yeah. years old. He has his first canter, three strides. I post it online, and what happens? Immediately, somebody posts, he's lame, he's <laughs> super lame. I was like, Oh my god, like what?
0: So <laughs> you showed w- it- let let me ask, you watched the video 50 times then, didn't you?
2: Oh yeah, and I showed it to my vet, and my vet was like, He's not lame. Like, because what happens is when you sit up and down on a flat horse and you're posting, it, you sit on them, and that one step, is, mm, he's lame. My vet was like, He's not lame.
0: You're fine. Just Everybody again. knows everything.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so fun. So fun. So anyway, the adventure continues. And, and also my veterinarian yesterday was like, why, what are you doing? Like, why are you trying to get a black colt? You have like a really nice Andalusian and you have a three-year-old thoroughbred. Like, why do you need it? And I was like, you know, to be honest, I do this for the podcast. <laughs> I was like, I lots just, of good
0: content over the years. <laughs> I, it's
2: a lot of good content. I keep you guys entertained with all my drama. So you're welcome. Glenn, thank you. Very I am much. not
0: sending you a check for that uh, vet bill, though. That's no.
2: Funny. Oh God. Oh God. It's so. We might like, need to do
0: a GoFundMe just for your. No. Don't say that. We'll have a whole new rash of people picking on you. So. Oh let's, God. <laughs> you're
2: just getting money to. Yeah. No. I don't yeah. want. I don't want any help except you. <laughs> yeah, let's not. Let
0: I take that million. back. We're not saying that.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's amazing, like how how terrible things are on. like it's It wasn't cra- this
0: way when we started the show.
2: I know, I know, but you guys know we can't. It was different. Like yeah. when we do really bad ads, we can't even post a trailer online because right. we'll either get flamed for trying to sell a terrible trailer or somebody tries to buy it. Like you just <laughs> you can't. You got to yeah. We gave the up source. on that.
0: And yeah. now uh, Facebook's flagging. I got a whole bunch of flags yesterday because we post every episode on there with a link to the episode on our website. Well, you posting to third party websites now is shunned. With Facebook, so they don't want you posting to any outside links. Like if you post to your own website or YouTube or whatever, uh, they just don't like that anymore. So they're they said we won't take it down, all those posts down, but we're not going to promote them. In other words, nobody will see them, is what they were basically saying.
2: Wow, that's crazy! It's crazy. What is what is your page for?
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right, you want to do some horses in history? I do. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about one of the greatest war horses of all time. So uh, we're going to travel back in time to 1808 in England to the farm of the Earl of Grosvenor. Uh, the Earl of Grosvenor had a, had a big place, a lot of land, and he raised thoroughbreds. And he had a thoroughbred stud horse there by the name of Meteor. Meteor Chestnut Colt was second in the 19, or in the seventeen eighty six Derby, and won several stakes races. They had those then. Uh, before he was retired in seventeen ninety one, and he became the Earl of uh, Grosvenor's stud. He sired many babies over the years. All right, so we following so far. We have, we have a stud named Meteor, Earl of Grosvenor's farm.
2: <clears throat> Racehorse. Goes out, does well, goes to the breeding shed.
0: Just like it is now, nothing's changed. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, I mean, it only took two rednecks to be like, "Hey, I bet my horse is faster than yours."
0: <laughs> That's right, and apparently and it was it before uh, 1791 when that happened. So there was a mare at the stud named Lady Catherine. She was part God, these names. <laughs> it's great, great names. She was a part Arabian and part thoroughbred, and she wasn't particularly good at making babies. Uh, she had over two over the years that we know about. There were two that were recorded over all her lifetime. And she was pregnant with the first baby. And apparently she didn't race very well either. She raced for like a year, and then they they said you need to make babies. So uh, she was pregnant with the first baby. And apparently General Grosvenor took Lady Catherine in full to Denmark to be his mount during the siege of Copenhagen. So it was a big battle, and he brought this pregnant mare over there to be his horse. The campaign culminated in the Second Battle of Copenhagen, which was a very large battle. I won't go into that. She is said to have fold after the battle. She got right back from the battle. Apparently was very pregnant during this time. Excuse me. Got right back to England, and she had a baby. And they named the baby Copenhagen. So that's how this horse got the name Copenhagen is in honor of the British victory there uh, that she fought in.
2: You're really going back on this one. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> yeah. Well, it leads to something here. That's pretty. OK. Big. All right. So Copenhagen was only 15 hands. So little, but apparently was very stocky Uh and. uh They raced Copenhagen and didn't do very well, won two races during a short racing career of like two years. And at the age of four, they sold Copenhagen. And Copenhagen was purchased for the Duke of Wellington as a five-year-old. And he was described as a dark chestnut with two white heels, a hollow back, but a powerful horse. And apparently he reportedly had bad shoulders. I don't know what that means. it sounds like
2: something from really bad ads. (laughs) Yeah, it
0: does. And I, I don't know what it means... By bad shoulders, I don't know what that means in in eighteen hundred talk. Uh, and he was also he's lame. Yeah, he's lame. That's right. He was also known to be very fiery. Uh, so he 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 was bred because of mom's side. He was bred to be. He was a thoroughbred Arabian because mom was part Arabian. So he was basically a thoroughbred Arabian. He al- allegedly never. Ref- I love how they said this. He never refused his corn which meant he liked to eat a lot, and he preferred to eat lying down. Have you ever had one that did that?
2: Mm, uh, every once in a while, they'll lay down and, like, snatch grass, but Yeah.
0: no. No, apparently this one, he preferred to eat lying down, period. There's a quote from the Duke of Wellington that says, There may have been many faster horses, no doubt many more handsome, but for endurance I never saw better. His endurance qualities were often attributed to his Arabian blood. Okay, so now we're getting to the important part of this that you'll probably recognize, some of you, from history class.
2: Fifteen minutes later, he finally gets to the (laughs) point.
0: Copenhagen became the Duke of Wellington's preferred war horse, and he rode him in a number of battles. One battle you may have all heard of in history class or in the movies took place June 18th in 1815, and it was held in the United Kingdom of the Netherlands, because the United Kingdom owned the Netherlands then, what is now Belgium. Two years after the Duke of Wellington bought Copenhagen, he took him into the biggest battle of his life. And we're talking about the Battle of Waterloo. I assume you've heard of that in the past. And what Waterloo was known for is Napoleon. Napoleon had spent 23 yep. years battling to take control of the whole of Europe. The British under the control of, or under the control of the Duke of Wellington raised an army to put an end to the Napoleon's advances. Napoleon led 72,000 troops against the Duke of Wellington's 68,000 uh, troop army. And, uh, the Duke of Wellington had taken up and was housed at Waterloo. So that's how this came to be. So Napoleon says, I'm going to attack him there, and Napoleon ends up to attack him there. What Napoleon didn't know is that the Prussian army, kind of the German army from that side, had tens of thousands of troops and were also on the way and would outflank him during the Battle of Waterloo. And that's how he ended up losing his last battle. But the, where Copenhagen comes in is, get this, The Duke of Wellington rode Copenhagen for 17 consecutive hours during the battle. He fought with Copenhagen for 17 hours.
2: My butt hurts. He
0: never changed horses. He stayed on Copenhagen the entire time. So the uninjured Duke dismounted Copenhagen after the lengthy battle, and he gave Copenhagen—this is well documented—he gave Copenhagen a pat of gratitude, and apparently the horse— lashed out, and almost kicked his head off. Uh, the horse kicked and almost hit him in the head, and the duke apparently ducked. As a matter of fact, it was in the newspaper at the time. It's This is the quote, Copenhagen barely nearly achieved what the French had failed to do throughout the grueling 17-hour battle. But the duke was quick enough to avoid the lethal hoof, the last danger he would face on that terrible day. His groom took the stallion's reins and led him away for a well-deserved rub-down and rest." So over 50,000 men died on the, at the battle that day on both sides. Napoleon retreated, and shortly after, he resigned the throne in favor of his son. But the, Duke con- the story isn't over. The Duke continued to ride Copenhagen in parades and ceremonial events after the battle. Copenhagen was very famous. Hair from the horse was made into jewelry— the horse was retired at the Duke's house and lived as a pensioner, they call it, there for the remainder of his long life. He was said to like being noticed, and he kissed hands and ate apples with all possible grace. I love how they talk about that. Copenhagen died in 1836 at the age of 28. And the newspaper reported he died due to, to indulging in too many sugary treats, such as sponge cakes, uh, buns, and chocolate creams. <laughs>
2: So he died of laminitis?
0: Apparently. And they said he did most likely die of old age. He was buried very early in the morning the next day with full military honors at the Duke's country residence. The Duke personally witnessed the horse's burial and reportedly flew into a violent rage. This is where it becomes very interesting. Flew into a violent rage when he noticed that one of Copenhagen's hoofs had been cut off as a souvenir. Somebody cut his foot off? Yes. The Duke reportedly exhumed Copenhagen's body a few months after his death to retrieve the other hooves as keepsakes. Oh, my God. But with the three remaining hooves had rotted away, so he wasn't able to do that, he pilfer- uh, the pilfered hoof was eventually recovered. According to one source, a farmer bought the hoof for a couple shillings and returned it directly to the Duke. In another account, a servant confessed to the Duke's son many years after the incident to taking the hoof, stating that at the time, none of us imagined that the first Duke would trouble his head about the carcass of a horse. The returned hoof was later made into an inkstand by the Duke's son. (laughs) There's the mystery of the missing hoof. He was buried. Where the,
2: is the hoof now? That's what I want to know. It's probably
0: still at whatever, whatever relative of the Duke uh, that is, is still alive. It's probably still in the castle. Copenhagen was buried without a headstone and with a few years of his death, and the Duke uh, was asked by the United States—it gets more bizarre, get this. The Duke was asked by the United States or the United Services Museum in England to disinter the body— and to provide the skeleton to be publicly displayed at the museum alongside of Napoleon's horse's skeleton. The Duke refused.
2: (laughs) This is weird.
0: (laughs) The Duke of Wellington's son, after his father's death, personally uh, created a marble grave marker beside the tree that was planted over his burial site, and it reads, Here lies Copenhagen, Copenhagen, the charger ridden by the Duke of Wellington the entire day at the Battle of Waterloo so there and the marker is still there to this day there was a picture of it so there you go there's copenhagen first of all how tired are you after fighting for 17 hours on a horse
2: i mean <laughs> i you know just watching like uh, we're re-watching game of thrones right so just seeing the violence and the, all that like like I, I mean i have post-traumatic stress from like Getting bit by a dog one time and now strange dogs come up to me and I'm like, oh my God, you know, like <laughs> I can't imagine the post-traumatic stress that comes from a 17 hour battle.
0: With knives and swords and spears.
2: With like yeah. heads being cut off. That's yeah. a Game of Thrones thing. Like, like literally it's like very gory. Oh, no, I don't want to know. Let's <laughs> move on. This sucks. So
0: anyway, that's the story of Copenhagen. The,
2: uh, well, of I have learned something and somewhere See. there's a, a hoof with a pen in it.
0: <laughs> But. <laughs> I wonder how common that was. If anybody knows that answer, let us know. I don't know how common that was.
2: All right, Stateline Tech. Well, you know what? I just made a purchase from Stateline Tech. and uh, So I needed some fly mask, and they had this big sale on fly masks. So I went to buy them. And, you know, in this world of Amazon, which speaking of Amazon Prime, you know, Amazon Prime Days is going on right now. And you, you get used to your things coming. But I know that... Stay line and all those that they don't have the Amazon budget to take your things to you. So I've got all these old fly masks that I keep having to find in the pasture and put back on the horses, just waiting and waiting. And I made the purchase of probably about four, five, four days ago. And I just got a notification this morning that they've shipped. So I'm so happy. I mean, I was we, I was like, uh, it's going to be a couple of weeks. Yeah. I was prepared for a couple of weeks. But when I looked on Amazon and, and the, kind of price compared all of these different fly masks, Stateline had the best price by far, even with shipping to pay for shipping. So I bought them all from Stateline and I'm so pleased that, that they have shipped already. I just figured it'd be weeks. So hopefully I'll get them in a couple of days and everybody will be happy and wearing brand new fly mask, not my old gr- grubby <laughs> mud stained into the Velcro where you can't get them to, you know, it was, it was time. It was time, Glenn. It's been a couple of years since I've bought fly masks. So, um, yeah, some the horses good are good out,
0: with but. them and some just rip them to shreds every day.
2: <laughs> you know, just. I keep putting one on pink every day. I put a fly mask on pink and Effie, see, she <laughs> takes it off of her every day. I walked in, I'm, and she's like, "No." Damn it, I'm Effie on the is going to be your
0: next, next hashtag when Zeus fades out of the and becomes just, normal.
2: Just uh, that won't happen. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, Effie,
0: freaking Effie. That's it. Hashtag freaking Effie. That's a good one. I like that.
2: <laughs> freaking, freaking Philly. Yeah. So, so she keeps taking it off and I'm like, pink, you clearly are uncomfortable without a fly mask on, but pink is like this mom. Who's one of the cool moms where she's like, my kids are my friends and there's no boundaries. There's no nothing. You just, you want to chew my fly mask off my face. Cool. Go ahead. I'm cool. Yo, you want a beer? fine, whatever. You know, like that's the kind of mom she is. It drives me crazy. So I'm hoping that this brand new one from Stateline Tech, I can actually double Velcro. Like all the Velcros are there and they work. (laughs) So, you know, big dreams.
0: (laughs) StatelineTech.com is where you're going to find all of that stuff. Well, this health segment today is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, a non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. And Dr. Devin joined Dr. Devin Hodge from Ocala right here. As a matter of fact, came out and saw our horses. That's how Jennifer met Dr. Hodge. Uh, and she wanted her to talk about EHV-5, which is something I don't know that we've ever talked about here on the show. So here's a little education on EHV-5.
1: And here we are at the health segment, my favorite part of the show. And I'm sitting down here with Dr. Devin Hodge, who is here in Ocala, Florida. And I met Dr. Devin Hodge because Dr. Devin Hodge came out this year to give co- give the co- take the Coggins tests for Nigel and Scooter. And she was such a lovely gal. And she hugged my pony and said nice things about Aww. him. So I thought I'd have her back.
3: <laughs> Perfect.
1: Perfect. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Are you an OTTB fan in general?
3: Yes, of course. Um, I have always personally owned thoroughbreds until this year. I got my first warm blood, but um, historically, I've been more of a thoroughbred gal. More of a thoroughbred gal. And yes. what
1: discipline or disciplines did you ride your thoroughbreds in?
3: Yeah, so I um, grew up and still do um, competing in hunter jumpers. Um, you know, I've dabbled in a little bit of combined training and. Some other things, but um, that's mostly what I do. My preference is, yeah, my preference is hunters, but um, I usually let the horse decide what they want to be. Well,
1: that's that's (laughs) probably setting yourself up for success, isn't it? (laughs) Right, right. There you go. Well, well, kudos to you to be able to be a full time veterinarian, a parent, and have time to ride at all. So there you go. Well, we try. We do our best. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I recently read an article about a case where a horse had EHV5 and the struggles that the veterinary clinic had in diagnosing and treating the animal. I didn't know mm-hmm. that such a thing as EHE5 EHV5 even existed. So why don't we the number five, there must be a one through four. So let's start out with <laughs> what is EHV and why are there so many numbers?
3: <laughs> sure. Very good question. Um so EHV stands for Equine Herpes Virus, as you probably know. Um there are five, but they've since categorized them into um, herpes viruses and then gamma herpes viruses. So I'll just go through the list numerically and, and tell you what they are. Um, EHV1, and you don't need to remember these things, I have to look it up half the time. Um, EHV1 is primarily a respiratory disease, um, it can cause. Common, you know, respiratory signs, coughing, mild fever, um, things like that. And EHV-1 is the one everyone worries about because rarely it can mutate into into the neurologic form, which is um, EHM, and that can be fatal. Um, So, EHV-1 is the scary one that, you know, whenever you go to a rated event, you have to prove that your horse has been vaccinated. Um, That's why we have all these biosecurity protocols in place. And EHV-1 is the scary one because of that chance of it turning into the neurologic fatal form. So, EHV-2 um, is one of the gamma herpes viruses, which are less worrisome. Um, It's ubiquitous in normal horses, meaning if you test any horse, there's a good chance you might find it, but that horse probably isn't showing any clinical signs and will not ever show any clinical signs. So it's just kind of something that um, exists in their respiratory tract. Um, it's not associated with any sort of disease. EHV3 um, causes a venereal disease called equine codal exanthema. Um, Again, pretty rare and probably not something you'll come across. EHV-4 is the other respiratory one that we vaccinate for. Um, Again, signs are cough, runny nose, mild fever, um, things like that. And EHV-4 is worrisome to um, owners of pregnant mares because it can also cause abortions. So when we give um, pregnant mares their pneumabort shot, that's EHV-4. So that's to prevent abortions, and we give that um, every two months in in the later end of pregnancy to mares. So EHV-1 is still the most concerning. EHV-4 is the second most. And then we have EHV-5 here at the bottom. EHV-5 is also ubiquitous in normal horse populations, not as prevalent as EHV-2, but you can test a lot of normal horses and get a positive for EHV-5. So most often, it's not something that's going to cause disease. However, in rare cases, like like the one that it sounds like you were reading about, um, it can be a Associated with a disease called EMPF, which is Equine Multinodular Pulmonary Fibrosis. So, that
1: sounds expensive and scary.
3: Yes, it's a long name. We'll just we'll use the letters, okay. but um, that's that's your one through five quick summary.
1: So that explains why, whenever you get a vaccine for your horse, whether you do it yourself or your veterinarian does it, the the vaccine mm-hmm. is labeled EHV. Dash one slash four, because those are the two specific
3: strains that you're vaccinating for. Exactly. Those are really the only ones that we feel are worth vaccinating for um, because they are commonly associated with disease. And also I want to note here because there's a common misconception, you're vaccinating against the respiratory form only. There is currently no vaccine against the neurologic form of EHV1. Um, so all of these you know, checks and balances to make sure horses are vaccinated coming into shows really aren't doing much to prevent um, neurologic disease outbreaks. Um, I mean, it's still a good measure to take. We're on board with it, but there is currently no vaccine for the neurologic form of EHV-1. So
1: biosecurity measures cannot be... Replaced by a vaccine in this case, correct. There correct. you go. So with EH one four, those two mm-hmm. diseases can cause serious or problems or serious uh, serious disease or death in a horse when they decide mm-hmm. to mutate. Do they have any clue about when or why though one of those would mutate into something that can become deadly?
3: Um, well, they are studying it, but as of yet, I don't believe we have an answer. Nothing. And same with
1: five, they don't know why so many horses carry that virus and every once in a blue moon, one gets really sick.
3: True. And with EHV-5, we're not even sure if it's the causative agent. All (gasps) all we know, yes. So all we know is that when horses get this EMPF, this rare lung disease, um, you can isolate EHV-5 from their lung tissue, but we don't know if that's what caused the disease. That hasn't been proven yet. Interesting.
1: And Mm -hmm. being so rare, I imagine it's really hard to study.
3: Well, the prevalence of EHV-5 is high. It's just the prevalence of it causing horses to become sick is low, So there was one study where they looked at 167 horses that had just been imported to the US and they swabbed all of them. And over 40% of them came back positive on a nasal swab for EHV-5 via PCR testing. However, clinical signs like fever were not at all correlated. So it's just something that 40% Of horses carry. There was another study in Standard Breads where it was like 66% of horses. So a lot of horses are going around carrying this, but it doesn't seem to be causing disease unless there's some other additive factor. Now,
1: do they have, do they suspect or have any theories that something that's not EHE5 can be causing the um, lung disease that is currently Associated with are they are they
3: throwing anything at the wall? Going
1: maybe it's this and not that.
3: I think they think there is some other mystery ingredient, but we don't know what that is as of yet. It might be the condition of originally having heaves or asthma. That might be the underlying condition. If you have that and then become infected with EHV five, then you get equine multinodular pulmonary fibrosis. Um, But there is some other ingredient other than just having um, EHV-5, just being exposed to EHV-5. There has to be some other factor. So final question,
1: just to terrify everybody, Mm -hmm. because our our favorite Mm -hmm. thing to do with the health segment is to terrify folks. What are the (laughs) symptoms of the EHV-5 associated lung disease?
3: (laughs) I'm not going to try to
1: remember the letters. There's just too many.
3: No, it's okay. Okay. So we're talking about EMPF, which, um, is a chronic lung disease, usually seen in middle-aged horses. Um, clinical signs are very similar, similar to heaves. So, um, difficulty breathing cough. Um, they can have fever. They can exhibit weight loss. And usually I explain that as they're working so hard to breathe. They're burning so many calories that they lose weight as a result. Um, so that's pretty much what it will just look exactly like heaves or equine asthma if, you, if you've seen that. Um, horses chronically having trouble breathing, coughing, wheezing, um, they have abnormal lung sounds. Um, so that's pretty much what you're going to find. And, you know, I was going to say at the beginning of this, I personally have never seen a case of EMPF. However, I've seen a lot of heaves cases, and whether or not any of those were EMPF would be hard to tell. So um, so how would you tell, really I, I promised find.
1: only one more question, but now I have another yeah. one. How no, would you okay. tell heaves from EMPF?
3: Yep. So um, the gold standard diagnosis is a bronchoalveolar lavage where you put a tiny little tube into um, the lungs and you flush some saline in and you pull it back out. And then you test that fluid Um, and you would do PCR on that fluid and see if it came back positive. Um, In my hands, I would probably just do a quick nasal swab first to make sure that the horse was carrying EHB5. And then if they were, I would do that BAL test, the bronchoalveolar lavage to see if it was in their lungs.
1: There we go fascinating yep. stuff. Thank you very much, Dr. Hodges. Dr. H- Hodges. Yeah, I keep wanting okay. to do that. That's not right. Dr. Hodges. Everybody does. <laughs> everybody does. Dr. Hodges is here in Ocala. She's a veterinarian here in Ocala and she works for Miller and Associates who has locations in New York, Ocala, Wellington, and I think one other place? Uh, two in New York, Brewster and Long Island. Yep. There we go. And you can find them online at
2: miller com. Thanks again. Yes. Thank you so much. Daily Dose Equine offers a full line of handcrafted horse feeds to maximize the health and performance of horses and ponies of all ages. Each custom feed has been developed with whole grains and non-GMO ingredients to eliminate the risk of herbicide contamination. They are horse people themselves and have seen firsthand the difference that superior nutrition can have in our equine partners. We invite you to learn more about Daily Dose Equine's origins and find a formula that's perfect for your equine partner at Daily Dose Equine. Quine.com.
0: And if you're all around the house tonight and want to watch something, we have a Stable Scoop show Facebook Live for you tonight. You can just go to Horse Radio Network's Facebook page or Horses in the Morning and or mine, and you'll find our show tonight. I have a variety show tonight. No roundtable tonight. We have a little bit of a variety show. We're going to be talking business, we're going to be talking music, and we're going to be highlighting one of the new shows that's here on the network. So tune in tonight to Stable Scoop. Starts at 7.30 on Facebook Live. If you can't catch that, then it'll be out on the stable scoop feed uh, the podcast feed in the next couple of days i wanted to let you know that we do need some ads for really bad ads this friday so get your ads into horse uh to jennifer at horseradionetwork.com time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in jamie's weird news
2: By the way, Glenn, uh, speaking on the really bad ads, just so you know, last Friday you weren't here and we read the ads, but you hadn't listed the new prizes. So the winner, the winner of really bad ads is going to get a check from Glenn for one million (laughs) dollars.
0: I'm apparently sending out a lot of million dollar checks right now. (laughs)
2: Wait for it. Just wait for it. Uh, Okay. so weird news is the time where you're looking through the news uh, however, you look through it and you see a story, and you're like, That is so weird. That's what I want. Email that to me, Jamie at com, with weird news in the subject line. Just like this week, Laurie April. Rachel, Brooklyn, Laureen, and Rochelle did. Now, y'all, some of these I can't do, um, especially you know who you are, April. Uh, You can't send me inappropriate things. (laughs) I mean, you can send them. Definitely send them. But I'm not going to read it here. (laughs) Um, But I'm not going to tell you who sent what because it's none of your business where they get their news. Uh, But I'm going to start today. Where are we going to start, Glenn? What state are we going to start in? Oklahoma. No.
0: No. I was hoping. Um, Georgia. No, no, no. Closer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to start in Florida. Um, So David Emerson Proudfoot was arrested in Florida and is facing third degree grand theft charges and obstruction by false information. After he allegedly, it's not alleged because he really did it, but whatever. He put on a Disney name tag, walked into Disney World and went to the, do you know where like the Star Wars section of Disney yeah, is? Yeah. Okay. So he went into the Star Wars section with his Disney uniform on a name tag and decided to steal R2D2. Okay. <laughs> the stallion is worth $10,000. Its statue is. It's not like you can just pick up the statue and walk out with it. No, $10,000 R2D2 statue got to be big. Okay. So, he's pushing a cart while he's leaving the Swan and Dolphin Hotel according to the news outlet and somebody goes, "Hey, what what are you what are you doing there with that?" And the man said, "Um, I'm just moving it. I've got I've got this in the game machine. I'm moving it onto the property just to a different where else." And then they're like, mm-hmm, "No, we're going <laughs> to go ahead and and call the police."
0: He didn't even so- cover it.
2: Uh, I don't don't know. There's no picture of him sneaking out with a R2D2 statue, but I'm assuming he didn't because somebody was like, hey, what are you doing with that? Uh, So then the police come and they're like, what are you doing with this? And he's like, you know what I did? I've applied for a Disney World security job and I wanted to move the items to point out security lapses. In hopes of getting a better
0: paying position. <laughs> that was <that's> clever. <laughs> <laughs> not believable, um, but clever. <laughs>
2: yeah, they didn't believe it. Uh, he told it. It wasn't. It's not my. Go- I'm not trying to take them from it. I was just gonna move it. <laughs> but however, they did a search warrant at his home, and they went to his house, and they found thousands and thousands of dollars worth of items that have been stolen from Disney World. <laughs> Gee, you know really? he's like stealing this he's like what if i get caught i got to come up with a story. So this
0: wasn't his first rodeo.
2: It was not his first rodeo, but it's the first time he got caught. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> that is a lack of security though when you think about it. The yeah. guy is kind of right.
2: <laughs> he should be hired. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, if it's that easy just to walk in. Well,
2: he had a name tag. Come on in, sir. <laughs> moving on. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> All right, now guess where we're gonna go?
0: Oklahoma. You
2: got it, baby. <laughs> now this is—I don't usually like to talk about things that end tragically, but this guy in Oklahoma, um, he was. <laughs> there's just so much it like seems in like this everything story ha- ends
0: tragically in Oklahoma. <laughs> so it
2: it really—it seems like it. So um, two guys, Sanders and Knighton, had been out noodling. Do you know what noodling is, Glenn?
0: Uh, no. Oh, oh, yes. God. Yes. Yeah. That kind of noodling. It's, okay, gotcha. It's,
2: it's where you go into a, for those who don't know, where you go into a pond, it's very, um, yes, it's the, I don't want to say popular in Oklahoma, but it's thing. like, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. So you put your arm into like holes in the mud and you wait till the catfish grabs your hand or your arm yep. and then you grab the catfish from the inside and you pull it out and you hold your arm up. And you're like, I got one. So and, noodling is a
0: yeah very viral videos of girls pretty girls in bikinis doing this have become and popular. there's also
2: viral videos of not so pretty people <laughs> not in bikinis doing it and and there's like a noodling competitions i mean this is like a big deal for you know crazy people or people like this guy that were on meth um so this guy was um noodling, and his friend was like started got in a fight while he's noodling. So he hit him and, and, and killed his friend. Okay. That's awful. However, the next part makes it, um, very tied into Oklahoma. So the police come, why did you kill him? Why did you kill this? Your friend? Well, see what happened was my friend has summoned Bigfoot to come and kill me. So I had to kill him before Bigfoot came and killed me yeah
0: that's what i said drugs are bad
2: (laughs) he was found with a meth pipe on him (laughs) just so you know drugs are bad kids but yeah um so that guy had told bigfoot that to come and kill me so he like hired bigfoot as a contract killer so i had to take care of the situation before bigfoot came drugs are bad kids
0: (laughs) all right that makes florida look normal
2: (laughs) (laughs) don't worry we'll come back to florida this was just crazy. This is in Wilmington, Delaware. I teased this one and the other Florida man story last week. And, uh, that, you know, you go to the mall, Glenn, when you were a teenager and, you know, you go into the mall, you go to the shops and you go to the fast food place, like a Burger King was in the mall and maybe a McDonald's was in the mall at, or the food court and all the things. Well, a mall in Wilmington, Delaware, it's crazy. So this new person purchased the mall. I don't know why you'd buy a mall anymore, but somebody bought the mall and there was this locked door, like a wall with a locked door. And the new owner's like, what's behind that door? And they're like, we don't know. I don't know what's behind that door. So they're like, break down the door. I want to see what's behind it. They busted down the door and on the other side of the door was a fully intact what they're calling vintage Burger King. Like the door opened and it's like, like a full Burger King. Like that looks like it did in the 70s, 80s. Yeah. And like napkins and everything was still boarded it up. They just walled it off. You know what? Nobody's going to Burger King anymore. Just wall it off. Just cover it up. Yeah. Like uh, they've videos and everything that are inside this Burger I just thought that was really interesting. Apparently, the last time this Burger King was in service was
0: 1987. So, did they say what they're going to do with it? Make it a museum. Uh,
2: (laughs) The mall's current owner, the Namdar Realty Group, purchased the property, and the general manager, quote, doesn't think much of Burger King. So, (laughs) (laughs) apparently... Now that the tweet has gone viral and this whole thing about this hidden Burger King, the mall is now hoping to get the site filled again. We're going to open up Burger King again. Yay! <laughs> When's anyway. the last
0: time you were at a mall?
2: Oh, my God. There, do you know there's the Sooner Mall here in Oklahoma. People still go to that. Like My mother-in-law, she, I'm like, where do you She'll bring Chad like some shirts? She still buys clothes for
0: her. I'm trying to think. I think it's been pre-COVID since I've been to a mall.
2: Well, people still go to the mall here. So Ever since they closed
0: Sears. I used to get tools at Sears, but they closed Sears years ago and haven't been to the mall since. So there you go. It's because you
2: go to Home Depot. How (laughs) is
0: JCPenney (laughs) still open? Answer me that. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, the one is still open. Yeah, unbelievable.
2: All right, final story. Where are we going to go now, Glenn? That's right. Back to Florida. Let's go back to Florida. All right. So get this. There's a man who's getting his 40-year-old Dusty Mobley, okay? And in Okaloosa County, he's about to get served a warrant. So they come up. The police walk up to him. and They're like, we have a warrant. And Dusty Mobley's like, not if you can catch me. And hops on a getaway vehicle and takes off trying to outrun the deputies who were trying to serve him warrants. What was his getaway vehicle, you ask? A lawnmower. (laughs) So this dude is going to get served as a warrant and he hops on his lawnmower and attempts to outrun the deputies. Well, that's not going to fly. Because the deputies are like, you know what? We are just going to tase you. (laughs) So they just tased him. Dazed him. He comes off the lawnmower. They arrest him. They did find him with uh, another pipe with residue on it. Uh, Drugs are bad. And also, he had a handcuff key on him. So it's like he knew they were coming. And he was ready. They like (laughs) totally found a handcuff key. He was going to get arrested and take off. Now, The
0: interesting part of this. We all carry handcuff keys around, just in case.
2: Just in case. Someone's like on a necklace. That's a great (laughs) idea. Actually, we're gonna start selling those. He was charged with grand theft. Now, here's the thing: is this is not the first time that Dusty Mobley, the shocker, has been in trouble. Okay, so apparently, um, in January, it's probably why he was getting served the warrant. In January, he uh, stole a boat, a forty thousand dollar boat. How did he steal somebody's boat? Apparently the boat was in a metal building at somebody's house and he used heavy machinery quote, heavy machinery to cut a hole in the metal building all the way through it, like a tunnel and got the boat and pulled it out from this metal machinery. So he takes the boat and he goes and he's like, I'm going to get caught with this boat. So what does he do? He takes the boat to the swamp And he's hiding the boat in the swamp. Apparently, maybe he's living in the boat. I don't know. So he's in this $40,000 boat and he's in the swamp. And police, we got him. We're going to go get him. This is a Florida swamp, Glenn. (laughs) He sees the police coming.
0: You can't drive
2: (laughs) the boat anywhere because it's swamp. What does he do? He dives in the water. He dives in the Florida swamp water to hide from the sheriff's. Who are coming to arrest him for stealing said boat. No word on apparently he didn't die or get eaten by an alligator because then he got served the warrant and tried to run away in a lawnmower. But this just you know what? Drugs are bad, kids. Drugs are bad.
0: Yeah, I, I think about this all the time when you get stories like this, or they pull somebody out of a, you know, a cistern or something, and you go, This person's sitting in the back of some poor cop's police car.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> There's a picture of the the police officer walking to the edge of the swamp. Okay. Standing at the edge. Then there's a boat and then way down there, there's a red arrow pointing to the guy in the swamp. (laughs) (laughs) Here he is. I don't know how they got him. It doesn't say. This is one of those that gives me more questions than answers. But he has now been arrested and is in jail. And there's even a mugshot and a photo of him on the lawnmower. So I just looked uh,
0: him up and his mugshot is exactly what I pictured.
2: Exactly. <laughs> just exactly what yeah. you could uh, just Google. Um, This is uh, from WVLT TV. Florida man attempts to outrun deputies on John Deere lawnmower, Sheriff says.
0: <laughs> the only thing that was missing in this picture was a tattoo on his forehead that said F you. Or something like that, you know. That was the only thing missing.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's all he needed. Uh, yeah. So there you go. That's your weird news. I'll save the snake story to spare you, Glenn. Yeah.
0: well, Next time I'm not here, you can do the snake story. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you everybody for joining us. We appreciate it. Auditors, hold on for a post show. We are going to uh, we're going to do something new today. We're gonna we're gonna answer some questions that were posted in Reddit, and it's in the No Stupid Questions segment or section of Reddit. Which means it's all stupid questions. So we're going to answer them. Jamie and I are going to give our answers to these people's questions. I didn't look at any of the other answers. I just looked at the. I
2: haven't seen questions. No, you haven't seen these either.
0: And it's random, let me tell you. So we'll we'll do that in the post show. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Have a terrific day. And we will see you. Well, actually, uh, Jamie and I will see you again on Friday.
2: All right, everybody. Have a great day. Spade New (music) Guild.